is time to speak your truth. Create your community, be good to each other, and do not look outside yourself for the leader. A Happy Elder Speaks. What's up, guys? Welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome to another episode of the Escape Velocity Podcast, a podcast where we explore the mindset, behaviors, habits, and attributes that contribute to authentic happiness, flow states, and meaningful, lasting personal development. I'm Topaz, your host and the lead mental fitness coach at Escape Velocity Academy, purpose-driven personal development, where we believe that escape velocity is fueled within. So guys, on this week's episode, we have a recording of a special Facebook masterclass that we recently did with my friend and fellow veteran and life coach, Wendy Ray, owner and lead coach at Wendy Ray Coaching, LLC, and also the host of the Beyond the Military podcast, where faith-led military women overcome burnout and create more balance. So we're talking all about trauma, specifically post-traumatic growth. We dissect the five categories of post-traumatic growth and how to identify and cultivate post-traumatic growth in yourself and in others. So guys, with no further ado, let's jump into the episode. Okay, Topaz, we're up and we're live. Thank you. Yes, we are. We're here. And Topaz, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick introduction of yourself. We have here Topas Navarro. He's a mental fitness and he works with minority men that are leaving, that are transitioning the military within the next three years. And he focuses tremendously on the mental fitness aspect. And I am your host, Wendy Ray, and I'm a life coach for military women. And I help military women overcome burnout and create balance both in their career and in their lives. And we're so happy to be here. Not sure if we are still live because it says no, it we're, good. we're good. We're, we're good. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching now uh, the stream here. Okay. It's a little bit lag, but I do want to hit on one thing that you mentioned. So my focus, right, is um, minority male military veterans, but we're post separation. So the military does a great job with all of their programs, right? They have a ton of programs to help you with resume writing, interview skills, and all these other things that that contribute to what I call uh, resume virtues. But where we're left short is the socio-psychological side and eulogy virtues or building that life around a passion, around community, around service that we discover is what we're really yearning for post-service. So that's why I decided to focus in that area, because there are a lot of resources available um, out there for, you know, that that 24 months, that magical 24 months that you're supposed to get for for transitioning, (laughs) separating from the service. But um, what happens is, you know, they make sure you find that first job and then three, six, nine months after after you're gone, you're on your own. You know, you're on your own and and trying to figure that out. So, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, Topaz, that's why I invited you, because you are not only going through the transition yourself, but, you know, as you're going through this journey, that the emotional aspect is left out. Right. And with that, we now have to face not only the transition to change, but also any uh, PTSD experiences that we've had. And now how do we use that? How do we grow? How do we use that experience and now leverage it into 
our next journey, right? It's a new chapter of our lives. How right. do we do that? And especially um, within our minority men community, right? We don't talk about our emotions, or I should say, you guys don't talk about your emotions. You guys aren't openly um, just concerned about, you know, your feelings, right? How is this experience, this, you know, PTSD experience going to affect you, not only with your relationships when you are transitioning, but also at work. It's one of the things that we don't cover that no one covers. And I think that, you know, this is something that a conversation that needs to that needs to get started. And again, that's why I wanted to not only collaborate with you and, and bring you on, because I believe that this is going to be very useful for anyone out there that is possibly struggling with this in this moment or considering the transition or even going through the transition now. So, right, right. No, I, and I agree hundred percent. So, I, yeah. you know, I wanted, I wanted to, I, I sat on a panel yesterday and I find it really interesting. We were talking about um, post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic growth, and the organization that I was that I was um, talking to, they were extending their resources beyond the uh, veteran community, right? Because what people seem to lose focus of is, is trauma is not something that's defined by an event. Trauma is defined by the impact, right? So even when we begin to talk about post-traumatic growth, we have to realize that separation in and of itself is a traumatic event, right? So when we look at the, the definition of trauma, I look at it here, it's defined as a disruption to the core belief system. So if your core belief system is you, that you are a certain person with certain responsibilities, with certain characteristics, and then all of that is flipped, turned upside down due to uh, some sort of disruption in this framework of the way that you conduct yourself, that is right. trauma that is trauma. So the separation process in and of itself is a traumatic event. And now you put that on top of whether it's combat related, uh, domestic violence related, um, you know, some other type of um, impact event that impacted you. And you're stacking all this trauma on top of itself, and it's compounded, right? So this is why I'm, I, I love to talk post traumatic growth and have people um, identify post-traumatic growth and identify um, where they're growing and how they can cultivate that growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, you know, you brought up a great point on, you know, what trauma really is, right? Like what, when, when you can define something and I do this all the time with not only my own personal experiences, struggles, but also when I have clients that come to me and uh, for example, I, I just released an episode on patience, right? Like, what does that really mean? And when we can dissect that and understand really what that is, we can then now go into our own, um, what I like to call our awareness of what it really means, right? Because if we don't understand it, then how can we solve it? How can we then now create a strategy? Because being in the military, we have not only learned um, a very powerful skill, but and, and when it comes to, you know, research and just getting it done, getting after it and, and making sure that we are creating a strategy, um, ensuring that we have all the obstacles um, in place so that we can then create something tactical so that we can overcome that challenge, right? And, and get right. right to the mission, get right to the goal so that we can not only continue to be 100% um, mentally and emotionally good to go, but also again, to accomplish the mission. So I think that once we can understand what trauma is and have an understanding that 
it's okay that we've had these beliefs. It's okay that this is something new. And now how can we grow from this? How can we use this experience to grow and be able to use it elsewhere? Because regardless of what the traumatic experience has been, or, you know, if it was to a man or to a female, at the end of the day, we all have the same human brain. We've all are able to not only explore within ourselves, but seek help. And this is honestly, you know, one of the reasons, and you and I talked about this yesterday, you know, understanding why we want to help continue to help other veterans, right? Because you and I, you know, are not medical professionals, but we are that next step, right? So understanding that there is a process, it may not be something that gets done right away, but there is light at the other end, right? At, mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. And when you can understand that there are people, there are communities, there are organizations that can help you and are wanting and willing to help you, that changes everything. You're not alone. And, you know, you are, you know, not only one of the um, life coaches that I know that are um, veterans and, you know, want to continue to help others specifically the military community, um, you know, it, it changes everything, especially when you're talking to a specific group, when you are talking mm-hmm. to the group that really doesn't get talked to as much, right? I mean, I think we would all agree that there isn't a lot out there to help specifically Black men, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Black veterans, Hispanic veterans, um, any other minority group out there. So being able to have someone, a tool, a resource, I think that that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I want to, yeah, I want to go back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. So it's interesting. I was at a, um, uh, a career fair today, a veterans um, career fair day, which was really nice. Um, it was a great event um, hosted at FedEx field. Um, and there were a lot of veterans there um, talking to a lot of great organizations. I think they had like 40 vendors there. So it was phenomenal. But what was interesting is I talked to someone um, that they, they were focused on medical services. And I started to ask them about if they had programs for veterans, right? Because we see these, these, these vendors, they show up for a veterans facing event to hire veterans. And I asked them, do you have programs that are specifically designed to help mental health for your employees or to help them find purpose in the job that you're offering them a true purpose besides just doing the work? Or how are you helping them rebuild some of the competence that was lost or the relatedness that was lost when they left the military, when they separated from service? And most people had no answer. And they were the, some of the answer I got, well, we have clinicians and we have uh, psychologists. And I was like, eh. and the interesting piece is the peer-based support model is now what's focused on by the VA. It is their new method for treating post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression. And I have it written down here is uh, it's been adopted as a primary method to deliver mental health services and to help facilitate post-traumatic growth. And mm-hmm. that's where we sit right? Not a panel of experts um, that, that talk at someone, right? We're just friends, teammates, survivors that sit together and talk with you. And that's where I like to sit in that space. I like to consider myself a, a translator, right? Where mm, we take that, that, that information from that clinician or that psychologist, and we say, this is what it really means. Because peer-based support is what's going to, as they say, instill hope, improve engagement, quality of life, self-confidence, integrity, and then finally reduce the burden on the healthcare system. So that's where I like to focus is peer-based support, 
um, community building and any types of events that can bring veterans together to share, um, share experiences, share tools and share resources. Yes. And, you know, I, I love every piece that you just mentioned, especially when it comes to um, when you said like being that translator, I believe it was a term that you mentioned. Yes. You, you, that's really what it is, right? You can communicate it in, in a different way so that they can receive it differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we don't ever question in the medical profession. Right. And, and, and this is what I mean by that. So as coaches, you know, for you, you know, you being a mental fitness coach and I, uh, being a life coach, most of the times people will say, well, you can't be a, um, an alcohol, um, coach if, or, um, not alcohol, but, um, alcoholism, right. That you're helping someone with, um, with substance use. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. With, with that if you haven't gone through that, right? Like as a coach per se, but as a medical professional, right? We don't question them. Well, um, excuse me, you, you don't have cancer, so you can't help me, right? Because they're the experts in that field. So allowing someone else to come in, you know, there's a medical professional, there's the patient or um, the veteran that has consumer, gone consumer, is my, consumer is my word, the consumer consumer that has <laughs> no. gone through the traumatic experience. Yes. And then you have that middle person, right. They can kind of understand both sides. You know, I've been through that experience a long time ago or three years ago, but now I'm on the other side. So now I can communicate that with the medical professional and, and encourage both sides. Right. Because, you know, it can be sometimes um, over, not necessarily like overwhelming, but you, you want to help the one that's suffering. You want them to see that there's light at the, at the end of the tunnel, but sometimes it's, it's so far out that they need just someone to kind of guide them, you know, to the next 100 target meter. So yeah. I think that that's crucial. And, and that really not only shows that that is the community, that there's support, but also understanding that there is the possibility of growth, right? That that's what it is. And, you know, for, for this specific, um, live event, I want to share, you know, the, the three phases that I believe from what I've learned and what I've read that, that in order for you to get to post-traumatic growth and there's before the trauma before, you know, kind of like you said, you know, you had these beliefs about your certain, your, how your life was. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's, that's step phase one you have before the trauma, then you have when you are in trauma, right? Like immediately, um, w while you're in, you, while you're in it, right. You're, you're having all these beliefs now, um, the way your mind is creating different, um, not only ideas, but really just filtering everything that's coming in. Like, so for example, uh, um, you know, with sexual abuse, right. There, there are different things that happen in our minds when you're going through that experience. Because again, it's all um, different. I mean, going from before that event, that experience to now that specific traumatic experience, that's phase mm -hmm. two. And then phase three, that's where now we consider, you know, after the trauma or also known as PTSD. So it's a post-traumatic stress disorder that you now have developed because again, of all the, the um, mental beliefs that are going on in your mind, right? Like, why did this happen to me? Like, is this something that's going to happen again? Is this something that I will continue to, you know, remember for the rest of my life? Is this something that, you know, 
I can no longer let go. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we get into um, forgiveness and possibly even just letting go. Right. So when you can understand those three phases and you can go through those three phases. So for the most of most part, we all get to phase three, but we don't necessarily um, close the loop or seal the deal on what that really is, right? Most of us get diagnosed with PTSD and then we kind of just live that way. We're like, nope, I have PTSD. And I continue to remind myself every day, nope, I'm, I have PTSD versus taking that next step, right? Like, okay, I have PTSD and now what? Yes, this has happened to me, but now what? Right. So what do I want to make this experience mean? You know, those questions, when we can have or ask ourselves those questions and possibly even ask like, you know, how can I use this experience to add on to my story, to my experience, to the, the next chapter of my life? Yeah, I think, so, I, think the, I think the now what is, is difficult because of the stigma, right? So it's very difficult to, and first of all, if we go back and we look at a DSM-5 and the way they have it categorized, right, you have to meet these certain conditions to be diagnosed as having post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't even like to include the D myself. I just like to say post-traumatic stress um, to mm -hmm. live with post-traumatic stress. But you have to meet this certain criteria, right? So what happens when you meet two out of the three or two out of the five? And you're not diagnosed. So now you're in this space where even the programs that are out there that are designed to as a resource, well, you have to be diagnosed as ill, injured, or wounded. Well, if mm -hmm. I'm not diagnosed, then now all I have is post-traumatic stress and I have a stigma, but I don't have any resource that wants to help me because I don't meet this. I don't check this block, right? So for some self-promotion, right? So that's why I started a, a nonprofit work play obsession, all in foundation because we are all in. You do not have to be diagnosed as ill, injured, or wounded to take a part in our programs. We're there for active duty, veterans, spouses, dependents, caregivers. We are all in because this is what we've seen. This is my story. I'm, I'm not diagnosed with post-traumatic stress because I don't necessarily meet all the categories yet. We're still fighting this, right? So when you go for a resource, they're like, oh, we're sorry, but you're not diagnosed as ill, injured, or wounded. We can't help you today. Right. So, so now you go back into the darkness, right? And you just, you're alone, right? You're stressed, you're depressed, and, and you deal with this. And now all you have are the thoughts and the conjectures, and you don't really know what to do with yourself. This goes back to what we said earlier, peer-based support. I sit on a support group the first Monday of every month. I welcome all of our listeners and viewers at whatever point you see this to join NamiHowardCounty.org is the website, or you can email me topaz at escapevelocityacademy.com. And we'll link up. We meet the first Monday of every month from six to seven 30. We have uh, veterans. One of my good friends, he was one of the few survivors of the Beirut embassy bombing um, in Lebanon. He's a Marine. We have um, males, females from Iraq, Afghanistan, we, we run the gamut with our experiences and our backgrounds and our traumas. And, um, once a month, we really look forward to getting together and healing, um, together. So nice. No, that's, that's everything Topaz. And, you know, thank you for, you know, being so open to that and, and being able to share that with everyone, because it's something that, like you said, when you are 
kind of just in the middle, right? When you don't meet the actual disorder or you are suffering possibly because again, this is something that is an experience, right? Once we have this in our minds, we can't unknow it. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, one of the the parts of our brain that, you know, is there to help us to survive, right? It, It tells us like, um, our primitive brain, if I put my hand in the fire and it hurts, okay, don't do that again. Right. right. That's why when you're, you're a baby, I mean, we don't remember this, but we get burnt or something that hurts us. We know not to do it again because our brain already knows like, okay, in order for you to survive, don't put your hand in the fire again, don't get burnt again. And so when that happens, um, again, it goes back to any traumatic experience with sexual harassment, like, okay, am I able to ever go back? in the same room, very similar to my experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like all these thoughts and everything else now creates anxiety, creates not only that, but a deeper or a a negative emotion that you can't possibly even handle or it trickles down now and compounds to a, a negative emotion that may now get you to try not to, um, feel your emotions or more specifically avoid them and now get into drinking or, or just get into something else that isn't something that you are consciously doing because now your emotions are, are leading you to the things that aren't going to serve you. So, um, yeah. So in now going back to what I was saying earlier, um, the, the three phases and, you know, this is where growth comes into play and this is where you and I come into play. This is where, you know, we do what we love to do and we do to not only, um, help the veteran, help this woman help, you know, this, um, black veteran or Hispanic veteran, but we take it deeper into really understanding, you know, why our minds do that. Like why we want to sometimes not intentionally stay, um, in this experience, because again, we, we aren't good at asking for help. We aren't Mm -hmm. good at seeking and telling people what we're going through internally, mentally. So my question to you, and this is something that, you know, I would love for you to share is, you know, how, or, or what tools have you used that have helped you and your clients get, you know, through possibly even just the initial stages of growth, post-traumatic yeah, growth. Yeah. I mean, gro- gro- growth is amazing. So when we, when we talk about, you know, you mentioned those, those three stages there, we have to recognize that, that, that growth can happen at any point, right? So growth, this post-traumatic growth and this post post-traumatic stress can happen at the same time, right? They're not isolated. They're not, um, separated from one another. They can happen simultaneously, but then we have to look at, um, the five categories of growth. So I study, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Richard Tedeschi, he is one of the primary psychologists who developed or the, the, the science of post-traumatic growth. And through their research, they discovered that there are five categories of growth. And I'll pull them straight from the book. Uh, survivors of trauma recognize and embrace new opportunities. So that's one category, uh, recognize and embracing new opportunities. Uh, cultivating inner strength through the knowledge that they have overcome tremendous hardship. So that's like resiliency, right? Um, gain a deeper appreciation for life which is, you know, much to be said about that. Uh, Their relationship to religion and spirituality changes and evolves. And then what I list as the final one, but there's no order to them is um, they forge stronger relationships with loved ones, as well as with victims who suffered in the same way. That brings me right back to peer support, right? 
So when I look at tools, um, as you said, you know, I'm a mental fitness coach. Uh, my coaching company is called Escape Velocity Academy, where I believe escape velocity is fueled within. And I've broken it down to five. We have five pillars for our program. And our pillars, believe it or not, are very similar to the five categories of post-traumatic growth. So go figure. But uh, investment, right? Investing in yourself so you can invest in others. Inspiration, both in breath work and, and being grounded in the present. Uh, intelligence and lifelong learning. Uh, intrinsic motivation and interpersonal relationships. Um, interpersonal relationships brings us back to peer support group and um, sharing time with those with similar um, understandings and expectations. So some of the tools I like to use um, to go back to your question um, really is I like to start with investment, right? And I'm not talking financial investment, which that's always good too, but as military member service members, we operate on the edge of burnout for our entire career. Yeah. We operate on the edge of burnout, right? So yes, now you have the transition into the civilian sector. So I start with investment, invest in yourself so that you can help others or so that you can embark on this new career. So I like to start with um, the easy stuff, right? Sleep, not easy, but sleep, nutrition, hydration. Um, and those are the big things. We start there. And we'll use those and then you'll notice um, that growth start to occur, right? Because there's no physical health without mental health, right? So we have right. to get our mental wellness lined up first because, you know, if I'm tired and I don't want to get out of bed because I have poor sleep hygiene, then I'm not going to go work out, right? If I have a poor nutritional hygiene, I'm going to eat crappy food. So I'm going to gain weight, but I'm going to be sluggish. And oh, by the way, I had no sleep, so I'm not going to work out. So all of these things com compound again, like we were talking earlier. So for me, post-traumatic growth started with investment, investing in myself where I have the autonomy to say, nope, I'm sleeping 10 hours tonight. You know, nope, I'm sleeping. I'm turning off the TV. I don't have formation at X time in the morning. I don't have a briefing at X time. I'm going to get my sleep back on track. So I... I don't want to say always, right? Because personality doesn't scale, but I always tell people to first start with investing in themselves and getting back to homeostasis. To me, that is, that is number one. And then we start to build on these other pillars. Nice. Yeah. And you know, you brought up a great point and I call it well-being versus false pleasure, right? Because we're Ooh, always, like we're always burnt out. We're always, um, and it's not, not that we do it on purpose, but it's just our nature of being focused on getting things done because again, we are always operating in, it needs to get done yesterday mode. And this is regardless for the most part of where you're stationed or your, your station at, but I mean, if you're stationed at Fort Bragg, if you're stationed at, um, Fort Benning, Fort Drum, any of these force coming units, you are going to be on team no sleep pretty much that's really the truth and it's again something that um i know maybe in the next couple of years um big army big military will do a better job with that but for now you know we we want to be able to do that or understand that we have this well-being cycle like you mentioned sleep um eating hydrating taking that time to really invest in yourself but then we also have that other part that we do unconsciously when it comes to, oh, I want to do well. Like I, I want 
to, you know, invest in myself. I want to get eight hours of sleep. I want to eat healthy and I want to hydrate and I want to work out and I want to do all these great things. But then we have this false pleasure part that we unconsciously get sucked into because we're not able to feel our emotions. We're not able to manage our mind around our emotions or manage our mind around the circumstances, right? Around all these thousand things that we have to get done. So now we um, create this anxiety or this overwhelm. And how do we then compensate that in our, to our brains? Because it's all happening here. Mm-hmm. We then say, well, let me go eat something and I'll kind of like forget and feel a little bit better. Or let me go get on Facebook or let me go Netflix or let me go, you know, just sleep in because I don't want to wake up earlier or, you know, put in the work, you know, put in those two miles that I need to do, especially in 30 degree weather. So again, that's where we have to be careful. And that's where mental fitness coach, a life coach comes in and we can not only um, show them how their mind, how that one thought loop or that cycle that they continue to get on is it's not because they want to, it's just the way their brain has been wired, how they have, you know, used their brain, not necessarily again, intentionally, but that's just the way we have wired it. We have trained it because of the go, go, go environment that we're in. And again, I'm not saying that it's something that, you know, has to change. That's just the nature of the beast, right? But when we are going through that transition, it's okay. Like you said, when you are on terminal leave or when you are out of the military, our mind really just does not know how to handle that. We go into shock mode. Well, wait a minute. I don't have formation. I don't have anywhere to be. Oh, by the way, I don't feel like I have a purpose right now because I have nothing else to do. And now we, we can't sit with it because we're so used to go, go, go. And then these experiences come up, right? These traumatic experiences come up. That's when they come up the most, when you are alone and you have no plans on what you're going to do. So your brain is feeding you all of these beliefs and ideas about this traumatic experience. And now here we are trying to focus on the well-being, like you said, investing in self, but because we don't understand how our mind works this false yeah. pleasure kicks so in. There's something that you hit on. I want to jump in real quick because there's something that you hit on, right? So I did talk about, right, five pillars and I talk about interpersonal relationships and peer support. So you hit on that there, right? Where you were like, all right, when you look at the the big machine, right? People think, hey, I give all of myself every day for my job, for my unit, for my team, not realizing or realizing and not really wanting to accept that once you walk away, everyone else, their heads are going to be down and in and focus on operations. So now you're separated. Everyone else is focused on operations and you're no longer part of the team. So now who do you have to be your, where's your support network, right? You have to rebuild this support network. And if you haven't been doing it in those magical last 24 months that they gave you, or if you are leaving to a home of record, that's nowhere near your last location, now, exactly like you said, you go back into this loneliness, really this isolation, um, and we don't have that peer support group. So I think that's really important that interpersonal relationships go back into, um, it's a critical part of, of this post-traumatic growth. But one more thing I wanted to hit on, you, you talked about um, um, all these emotions happening in the brain and then people going to eat something, which led me to, I was going to stop and talk about mental fitness for a second, right? Because I am 
I am a mental fitness coach, right? And, and I like to say mental fitness is the capacity to respond to life's challenges uh, with positive rather than a negative mindset. And what most people don't recognize is the importance of the brain, heart, gut connection, right? So we actually have three brains, right? And the science on this that is beginning to emerge is incredible. The brain, heart, gut connection signals travel up and down the vagus nerve, which is the wandering nerve throughout the body. 90% they found that 90% of serotonin, the happiness chemical is produced in the stomach. And that's why people would always say a long time ago, you would hear everyone say, trust your gut, trust your gut, because these signals are actually, these signals are actually generated in your gut and in your heart faster and before they're transmitted to the brain, where the brain logically makes sense of it all. But if you can be in touch with those senses that are happening in your gut, which we have to have a healthy gut microbiome. So it's the way we eat going back to uh, investing in ourselves and proper nutrition. You will understand these emotions much better, right? And it'll also help your memory, your focus, um, and all these other things that go into um, living uh, a mentally sound life or mental wellness, right? Which is the, the union of physical fitness and mental fitness. Right. No, that is well said. And when it comes to, um, the science that you just mentioned, <laughs> um, I can't remember the, the actual terminology, but there is also, um, now that I remember a documentary that I watched on, I think it was Amazon prime video. And it talked about the second brain. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that sounds very intriguing. So it talks about everything that you just pretty much mentioned and how it's so important for us to understand that there is a correlation, right? There is a correlation to how, you know, the, the stuff that we, the actual nutrients that we put in our body. So, mm -hmm. and that again, correlates with sleep and hydration, like everything that you said about investing in your, in, in yourself, right? When it comes to being able to um, maintain the, the, um, the operating system, I mm -hmm. think in, in this case, oh, right? Yeah, like, so much. It, it's kind of like our, our vehicle, right? If we don't maintain it, we don't um, make sure that everything gets um, checked and, you know, change the oil and, and all these routine checks that we have to do, then don't, you know, be surprised when your car just breaks down. <laughs> and now <laughs> you're like, what happened? The road. Yeah. yeah. And so it's very similar with, with our own personal mental and emotional experiences. And, you know, due to time here, um, Topaz, I'm just going to go ahead and recap and yeah. kind of, you know, just for our listeners that are tuning in now, or possibly are going to listen to this later as a replay. Um, what we talked about today is the whole aspect of how do we get from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth? Like, how do we do that? And one of the three key points here that I would love for you know, everyone to take away. And, and that's what I want to offer is to really ask yourself these three questions, you know, what happened to me was before this whole idea of a trauma experience, traumatic experience. Um, so what happened to you is now something that you can put on as a, as a fact, as a circumstance that did happen but then the next question then becomes, which is now the next phase, how can you, what can you do now about it? Like, what is it that you want to make it mean? 
And then you can answer that question and allow yourself to just sit with it and just be with whatever the answer may be, right? Whatever, if it's, if it was a sexual um, abuse, if it was, um, you know, your deployment, losing someone to suicide, um, just possibly even just a nasty divorce. Like, what is it that, you know, that you're going to make that experience mean to you now? Because trauma can, the only thing that it can create is genuine suffering. Because the more we think about it in a way of, oh, it happened to me, there must be something wrong with me, then we're just creating this, this suffering that is honestly not necessary and not serving anyone. And then the third thing is really understanding that 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 is something that you possibly have been diagnosed with if you have. But if you haven't, now you want to lean into, you know, how am I going to use this to help me grow and get to the next stage? Because I think it's crucial that you are able to seek help or or that you're willing to seek help and be able to deal with that post-traumatic stress. And when you do, then look towards growth. I don't think it's, um, at least for me with my own experience, I don't think I would have ever gotten to growth if I didn't do the work, you know, with my therapist, um, you know, really got to the point where I'm like, okay, I really need to seek someone and I really need to deal with this now, even though this happened years ago, I want to take care of it now so that I can move on. And honestly, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would, I would be a life coach now. I don't think I would, you know, really understand how my emotions worked or works even now. So those are the three things that I'm offering here. And, and Topaz, if you could recap, I know you mentioned about your investment um, yeah. that's one of the tools that you've used. Yeah. I, I really, I really want to lead with investment. Like you said, investment, investing in yourself so you can invest in others. Self-care is not selfish, right? So take care of ourselves, get yourself back to a state of, of homeostasis, right? Of operating at a, at a normal level, build these tactics and ha- tactics and habits into your daily life. But on another scale, it's interpersonal relationships and building a peer support network. Um, whether that's through a peer support group, like I mentioned, namihowardcounty.org that I sit on, you can email me topaz at escapevelocityacademy.com. Um, I'm putting up a discord channel where we'll be 24 seven. So people can drop in there, but I just want to leave you this. Um, your story is someone else's victory, right? We have to remember that to share, to be vulnerable and to convince others to be vulnerable. Fellowship is what keeps us alive. Um, and the last thing is, is this, this hoppy elders, um, quote, that I like to say from time to time, he says, the time of the lone wolf is over. Gather your pack and create your community. We are the ones we've been waiting for. So that's my message for everyone. Go out, build community, share your experiences, share your tools and share your resources. Thank you so much, Lopez. That was great. And I love that quote as well. Please send me that um, that name because I did not grab it here or actually drop it in the chat if you don't mind for everyone to also have access to that. And you guys, if you are a veteran or you are active duty and you are a minority male in the military, any branch, and you are seeking not only or thinking about the transition, you have to get in contact with Topaz. He is not only going to give you all his tools, but also like you, like he mentioned, he's a mental fitness coach. He will not only Um, take you from point A to point B, but he will allow you to understand exactly what is going on in your mind and how, and give you the strategy on how you can get to point B exactly. And honestly, I've worked with Topaz now in the past, I want to say 
five to six months and yeah, for sure. everything that he has to say, I honestly take notes because I also implemented my own personal life, which by the way, Topaz, can you share your podcast with sure, everyone as uh, well? Escape Velocity Podcast. Sure. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, whatever, SoundCloud. So yeah, Escape Spotify. Velocity Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm overdue for one. Hopefully we take this and put it on, on YouTube or something like that. So it'll be out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm most Absolutely. active on, um, on Instagram, the escape velocity coach. So hit me up on Instagram. Um, easy. I'm always answering the direct messages, comments, et cetera, for sure. Um, any veterans, you know, I, I specialize in minority male military veterans because that's what I am, but I'm there for mm -hmm. any veterans who want to talk mental fitness, want to talk going from an aid, someone who's, I say someone who's gone from aid army to see a civilian, how do we get you back to being an A? Right. So that's what I tell yes. people. And it's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Let's work on the process and let, <laughs> let's get there. I like that. And and listen to all the ladies out there. If you are possibly struggling with any emotional um, struggle, it could be any experience, any trauma. Um, I would love for you to seek medical professionals first, but if you are in the phase where you know that it's time for you to get past that, you want to grow from this, you want to go from, um, struggling to a lot of people say thriving, but honestly, from struggling to just getting to understand your mind and where you want to go with this, right? Because most of us, we don't know where we want to go. We just are in this struggle mode that we don't understand what's really happening. So we just want help. And if you want to take a step deeper, not only with um, coaching and you want to be more intentional with your time and become more productive, schedule free session with me, go to uh, www.wendyray.com forward slash free session, and I'll be happy to help you. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate everyone. Venus, I see you. Um, thank you. She said, we must reach out to find a new tribe and we can grow heal. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lucy, for joining us. All right, everyone. That's all that we have. And until next time. Good night. Good night.